Actually, the first time I came to Estonia was a few years ago. Uh, I found out that the Estonians have a joke about my people. I'm not sure if it's a common joke, but they asked me, how do you recognize a Finnish extrovert? And the answer was, they will be staring at your shoes instead of their own. And so we are warming up a bit. You know, I learned something funny about the Estonian language. We were in the prayer meeting. And uh, we, were pra- we, we were saying the words which means Holy Spirit. But in my Finnish language, it means Holy Wife. And we were saying the word which means fire. But in my language it means come. And so when in the prayer meeting you are praying Holy Spirit fire. The Finnish people are hearing Holy Wife come. And so the single men in the meeting are saying Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah, a few years ago we came and we had a fun time in uh, in a few churches. And a lot of lives were changed. Kind of reunite here again this week. But are you ready for some teaching? Okay. So, yeah, so we're going to start with some kind of foundational things. And the, the first teaching we have is about hearing God's voice and being led by His Spirit. Okay, so when I was young, I grew up in a in a pente- traditional Pentecostal church. And uh, I, I would often hear people talk about uh, God told me this, God said this. And as a young person, I, w- I would wonder, what does that mean? And I, I, I would ask them, what does this mean when you say God spoke to you? What does his voice sound like? Okay, and oftentimes the answers I received were something that sounded good in theory, but it was nothing in the real world. Okay, so, so, so I was left confused about God's voice. And so today I want to be as practical as I can to really describe what it can look like to, to be led by God's voice and to have an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. So in Western Christianity we talk a lot about this word intimacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. intimacy means that you have a deep relationship with somebody. This is what we often say to in our Christian language, 
It's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. See, mida me tihti räägime, on kristlaste keeles, et see ei ole religioon, vaid see on suhe. Okay, relationships are mainly made of conversations. Suhted enamasti koosnevad vestlustes. Okay, and many, many conversations between people make up a relationship. Palju, palju vestlusi inimeste vahel tekitavad suhte. Okay, and conversations are made of two things. Ja vestused koosnevad kahest asjast. Moments in time when you're speaking and the other person is listening. Hetked ajas, mida sina räägid ja teine kuulab. And moments where the other person is listening or speaking and you are listening. Ja teised hetkel, kui teine räägib ja sina kuulab. Okay, and so many conversations make up a relationship. Palju vestusi moodustavad suhte. And intimate relationships are made from deep conversations where heart level details are shared. Ja lähedase suhte moodustab see, kus vestuse käigul jagatakse sügavalt südame asju. And the great thing is we can truly have an intimate and close relationship, a friendship with God. Ja imeline on see, et meil võib tõesti olla lähedane sõprus suhe Jumalaga. Ja, kus Jesus didn't just die so that we can get a spiritual stamp on our passport and when we die we get to go to heaven. Sest Jeesus ei surnud lihtsalt selleks, et me võiksime saada ühe vaimuliku templi oma passile ja et me võiksime ükskord kunagi minna taevasse. Ja he died also to restore us into the relationship we had with God before sin. Ta suri ka selleks, et taastada see lähedane suhe Jumalaga, mis meil oli enne patu langemis. Ja he says in the Gospel of John that this is eternal life that they would know you. See on igavene elu, et nad tunneksid sind. Okay, so the life he calls us to is knowing him deeply and intimately. See elu, millest seda meid kutsub, on tunda teda isiklikult ja sügavulti. Okay, I also want to say something to the charismatics. Ma tahan midagi öelda ka karismaatikutele. The basic promise of hearing God's voice is not in the promises about prophecy and the prophetic. See põhjapanev õpetus suhtavsas Jumalaga ei ole profeteerimise kohta. Yeah, the foundation of hearing God is not in the prophetic but in being a child of God. Jumala hääle kuulmise alus ei ole profeti and vaid tema lapseks olemine. So this teaching is not based on 1 Corinthians 14. Nii et see õpetus ei põhine teise korintlase 14. But the promise of Jesus in John chapter 10. Vaid Jeesuse lubadusel Johannese teadükis 10. Where he says, my sheep hear my voice. Kus ta ütleb, et minu lambad kuulevad minu häält. Okay, and he's speaking to us. Ja ta räägib meiega. We are made to hear his voice. Me oleme loodud kuulma tema häält. Yeah, if you belong to Jesus, you are a sheep in God's family. Kui sa kuulud Jeesusele, siis sa oled tema peres lamas. If you have given ownership of your life to Jesus, surrendered and repented, you are a sheep in God's family. Kui sa oled annud oma elu Jeesusele, meelt parandanud, siis sa kuulud Jeesusele, 
tema peres, sa oled lammas tema peres. Okay, and if that's the case, ja kui see on tõsi, then you've already heard his voice at least once in your life. Siis sa oled juba kuulnud tema häält vähemalt ühe korra oma elus. Because it was his voice that draw you to Jesus and brought you into his kingdom. Sest see oli tema häält, mis tõi sind Jeesuse juurde ja asutas sind tema kuningriiki. Okay, so, so if you go back and you think about the moment you were saved. Et kui sa lähed tagasi ja mõtled sellele hetkele, kui sa said pääsetud. Maybe you were in a room and somebody was sharing the gospel and you began to feel a knocking on the door of your heart. Okay, and so this was the voice of God drawing you to Jesus. Or maybe you were on your own somewhere and, and, and you felt a, a gentle knocking on the door of your heart and you had this inner knowing that you have to give your life to Jesus. This doesn't come from the natural man. This, this was the voice of God drawing you to Jesus. It, it probably wasn't an audible voice you could hear with your ears. But a gentle knocking, a feeling, a hunch somewhere deep in your spirit. Okay, so we're going to talk more about this and how do we identify that it's his voice. Yeah, I want to share a bit about my personal journey. Uh, my journey in hearing God's voice didn't begin when I started going to church with my parents. It began when I turned to Jesus for myself and I was filled with his spirit. The spirit of God breathed life into me. I became a new creation. I had communion with God. And all I desired was to have a fellowship with him. And so, so I quickly I developed a love for the scriptures. And, and just for his presence. His presence was like water and food for me. Every day I would spend hours just beholding Jesus in my room. Sometimes I would spend full days just seeking his face in his word. And, and the first time I started to notice that God is speaking to me is, is because when I was reading the scriptures there were certain things that were being highlighted to me almost almost like a certain topic every week or I would always be drawn to the same chapter and then at the end of the week I'd go to church and the pastor who was filled with the Holy Spirit would speak exactly those same things that would have been that were highlighted to me throughout the week so I realized in the same way that God is speaking to the church collectively 
He's also speaking to me personally. And there was never a, a, a thundering voice from heaven that said, go to John chapter 10. But, but an inner desire, he was guiding my way through the scriptures. Okay, and so, so I realized all throughout the week, oftentimes whether I know it or not, he's directing me with his voice. Okay, uh, when a shepherd is guiding his sheep, he isn't always shouting at them. He's gently directing them the right path. So, so I decided to become friends with the promise that my sheep hear my voice. And also I, I found another promise in Luke 11 in verse 11 he says if you ask for bread which of you will, will give him a stone your child and, and how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him Okay, so I put these promises together and some other promises. And I simply began to ask, Lord, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I don't want to just know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew you, but I want to be friends with you for myself. Okay, here's a good basic principle for Christian life. If we want something from the Lord, we must begin to ask Him. Because He promises that He will answer our, our request. And so, so I wouldn't beg. I wouldn't say, Lord, please, 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 just give me one letter, one word, speak to me. Okay, who of you have children? Okay, so, so... If I followed you home after fire camp, and your children came running to you, and they said, please, 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 mommy, please, can I have a drop of water? Please, I would think there's something wrong in your home. Okay, okay, and so... Yeah, so the way we ask somebody for something reveals what we believe about their character. We get to live in faith in a good father. And we get to ask with childlike faith. Trusting in his promise. Okay, and so, so we can come to him and ask calmly with simple faith and also with peace, knowing that he wants to teach us to hear him. 
Ja me saame tulla tema juurde lihtsa usaldusega ja rahuga teades, et ta tahab meile vastata. He wants to teach us to hear him as much or even more than we want to hear him ourselves. Ta soovib meid õpetada isegi rohkem, kui meie soovime teda kuulda ja mõista. And, and we get to have peace in knowing that God actually likes you. Ja meil võib olla rahu selles usus, et me reaalselt meeldime Jumalale. We all know he loves you. But he also likes you. He enjoys you. He has a good time with you. And he wants to be with you. He he enjoys you now. Not just someday when you're perfect when you die. But but the real you in, in this real world. Because you've come into a covenant with him through the blood of Jesus. Okay, and so, so, so he truly sees you as his son and daughter. And he desires to release gifts and a deeper awareness of him inside of you. And he's fully committed to giving you the encounters you need to, to become more aware of his, his presence in your life. Okay, and so, so I was seeking him. And, and I was seeing him more and more clearly. And then he would begin to speak to me in multiple different ways. For example, I remember I was walking through the city center. And as I was standing there in the night, I, I began to have a strange thought that I... It didn't really make sense to me. I remember one time I had a thought that I should go to one certain park and sit on one certain bench. And so I had this hunch that maybe it could be the voice of God. So I'll try and see what happens. So I went to that park. I sat on that bench. And as soon as I sat down, a stranger came and sat next to me. Okay, and so I had another strange thought that didn't really make sense. I had a thought to ask him if he has pain somewhere and if I can pray for him. And I had known Jesus just for a few months. I'm 15 years old. But I thought it could be the voice of God. So I'll try. And so I asked him, hey, do you have some pain somewhere in your body? Can I pray for you? He said, yeah, I just came from the doctor. My, my bone here is broken. And it's hurting every moment of the day. And so I, I laid hands on him and I prayed for him. With childlike faith. And I asked him, how does it feel now? And he said, you know what, the pain is gone. There is power in the name of Jesus. And and so then this guy asked me, what did you just do to me? 
And so I began to share with him about Jesus. And then we spoke for some time and he said, you know, when I was young, I was in an ice hockey team. And I had a teammate who would sometimes talk to me about Jesus. And he said which year he played. And I knew that my father had played ice hockey on that same year in the same city. So I asked him, which team did you play in? And it turned out he played in the same team with my father. And I asked him, what's the name of the guy who shared about Jesus with you? And he mentioned the name of my father. And so it turned out that 30 years earlier, my father had been planting seeds into his heart. And now, by the leading of his voice, he had led me to reap the harvest. This person came to Jesus, and, and, and it happened because of that strange thought that didn't really make sense. And the childlike faith that said, sure, I'll try. Okay, uh, I remember on the same summer, I was at home and I was praying. I was worshipping Jesus. And I began to see a picture in my mind. I began to see the picture of a nightclub in the city. And so as a good Pentecostal, I would say, I rebuke these thoughts. I will, I will not think about the nightclub. I will think about Jesus. And I'd fix my attention on Jesus again. But then the, the picture of the nightclub came back into the surface of my mind. And so I, I thought, okay, maybe this could be the voice of God. And, and talking with, with God's Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, is often like playing ping pong. He bounces a ball to you and you can bounce it back to him. Okay, what are you trying to say to me through this picture? Okay, and then I heard a name. He bounced the ball back to me. I heard a name. Okay, and so I had a strange idea that maybe one of my friends with the name is in the nightclub. But there was still one question mark. Because I had two friends named And both of them were far from God. And both of them needed the gospel. But, but I thought maybe it's the voice of God. So it was late night, but I put on my shoes and my clothes and I left for the city. And I came to this nightclub and I thought maybe I'll run into a friend there. Maybe I wonder which one. And then I showed up and I see somebody across the room. It's one of my friends with the name 
And he sees me, he comes to me. And he says, Matthias, how are you doing? It's so good to see you again. And he said, oh, I've been having such a hard time. I've been so far from God. Can you pray with me? And, and together, in the middle of the nightclub, we were praying to Jesus. And as I'm hugging him and we're praying together, I open my eyes and I see somebody on the other side of the room. It's my other friend with the name <laughs> And he sees us and he shows up. He says, guys, it's so good to see you again. Oh, I've been having such a hard time. So far from God. So much sin. Do you think God will have me back? And then in the middle of the nightclub on the dance floor, we were all crying and praying to Jesus. Because of this strange idea that, hey, maybe it could be God's voice. Yeah, I remember uh, being in a Muslim country, preaching the gospel, and in this country there was a movement that the, the, the terrorists were hunting down foreign missionaries and they were killing them with swords on the street. And so... I didn't care so much, but I kept my eyes a bit more open. And I remember being in a slum in, in a dark place. And we were talking with people. And then I had this strange idea. This, this voice that said, look at the people way on the other side of the field that are coming towards you. A voice that said, those people are dangerous, get out. And so, in a place like that, if I always follow my strange imaginations, then I'll never get anything done. But this felt like it could maybe be the voice of God. So I took my friend and I said, we got to get out now. And so we left the place, got back home. The next morning I opened the newspaper and they said that the special police had arrested four of those terrorists in that slum at that time. Okay, so, so I'm alive today because of that, that voice that said, get out. And, and, and the childlike faith that said, okay, let's try. Maybe it's the voice of God. Okay, a life like this is what it can look like to be led by the voice of God. A life of constant adventure with the Holy Spirit. A life of Christ in us, the hope of glory. The Bible says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Okay, to, to be led, we must be able to hear him. Now, I've given some examples about how 
he began to speak to me when it came to work or ministry or something very very important. Nüüd ma olen andnud näiteid selles, kuidas tema on minuga rääkinud seoses tööga või teenimisega või millegi väga tähtsaga. But God doesn't just speak to us to give us instructions. Aga Jumal ei räägi meiega üksnes selleks, et anda meile juhtnööre. Okay, so again the parents in the room. Need jällegi vanemad, kes on siin ruumis. You don't teach your children a language just so you can give them instructions and chores. But that you can have deep connection with them in every area of their life. Okay, so, so God doesn't just speak to us to make us his ministry slaves and, and be able to hear the task he wants, us to, wants to give us. But, but to bring beauty and his fellowship into every area of our life. I sometimes share this example. Uh, last autumn we were with, with uh, Samuel Kadanik and some others and Samuel Hörnle. We were in Ukraine preaching the gospel to tens of thousands of people at the front lines of the of the war. And one day we were in a city close to the big city Kharkiv, a city called Kupiansk. And we had a very, very difficult day, I must be honest. The, the Russian army was just 500 meters away from us. And they were shooting at us with artillery. And, and, and we were able to preach the gospel, feed the people of the city and evacuate a few families out from the city into safety. And then on the way out of the city, there was this military checkpoint, this, this, uh, yeah, this checkpoint where they check your car and who's inside. And sometimes they can be intense encounters. And the soldier said, how many people are in your car? And we said, nine people. And then he left back to his office. And then one person in the back seat just said for fun. She said, oh, he's asking how many people are here so he knows how much candy to bring us. Just to lighten the mood a bit with some weird joke. We all know they would never bring us candy. But then 30 seconds later we see the soldier coming back. And he has nine pieces of candy. And so... So, so this woman in our team, God spoke to her just to bring some fun into our moment. Yeah, some joy into our time. I remember on the same weekend we had another tough day. And so I told the guys in the team, 
guys, I love you, but I need some time on my own now. So I said, I'm booking a hotel room, I won't tell you which hotel. I need to be alone for some time. They said, okay, fair enough, we'll do the same thing. And they booked a hotel also. And it turned out it was the same place as mine. <laughs> and we showed up there at the same time and I said, okay guys, fair enough, but I won't tell you which room I'm in. And then Samuel Kadanik just said for fun to make some joke. He said, you will be in room 311. And then I check in, they give me my key. And it's room 311. But I decided I won't tell Samuel. So I went to my room, collapsed on the bed, put the bathtub to fill with hot water. And there's a knock on my door. And it's Samuel Kadanik. And so he had just prophesied for fun. And yeah, God, God had spoken to him to bring some joy into our moment. <coughs> the next week I went to Kiev to preach the gospel in the schools of Kiev. I needed a translator so I called Samuel to come. And uh, he, he, he went to a hotel. I asked him, hey, which room are you in? I need to come and see you. Now he said, just as a full joke, nobody was expecting anything. He said, brother, you have to prophesy the room number. So I said, you're in 524. And then he looks at his key, and it's 524. Okay, and so, so there was no real task, no, no, no real instruction, no real objective. God was just having fun with us. Okay, and through moments like this, we enjoy him a bit more. Okay, how many of you love to joke with your dad? Okay, okay, our Heavenly Father loves to joke with us too and enjoy our time together. Okay, yeah, yeah God is not just speaking to us for ministry, but every area of life. Finance, uh, marriage, Abielu. education, Haridus. Uh, relationships, uh, funny things. He's in all of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's, let's maybe have a look at uh, what, what can his voice sound like? How, how do we recognize it? Okay, we can start with this. In, in your mind, there are thousands and thousands of thoughts. Okay, all of those thoughts come from one of three different sources. Okay, so, so, so if every thought was 
painted with a specific color based on what source it would come from, there would be three colors in your mind. Thoughts that come from the enemy. Thoughts that come from God. Thoughts that come from ourselves. Okay, every thought you have is painted with one of those colors. Um, yeah, uh, the enemy, the Holy Spirit, or yourself. Now, I'm not saying that Satan himself is always whispering to your mind and, and, and throwing demons to speak to you. But, but, but this does happen sometimes. But often what happens is, is he throws one lie at us and we make agreement with that one lie and that begins to build other lies around it. Does that kind of make sense? So, so the enemy throws a lie at us. You, you, you will never have enough. You will always be in lack. Okay, and so then we make an agreement with that one lie. And that then in every situation that we live in, we're, we're clouded by that lie. I will never have enough in this moment. I'll, I'll always be in lack in that part of life. Okay, so, so it overshadows, it colors a hundred different thoughts now. Does that kind of make sense? Okay, so, so how do we recognize if, if a voice comes from the enemy? Well, the voice of the enemy sounds like the character of the enemy. So, so we know what Jesus says. The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. So his thoughts are continually trying to steal our peace, steal our joy, love, righteousness from our life. So, so that's his goal. A lot of the time these thoughts sound like condemnation. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brothers. A lot of the time these thoughts sound like fear insecurity, self-hate, unbelief, sin, self-centeredness, fleshly thoughts. Okay, so if, if these kinds of thoughts are coming towards you, you can color it with the color of the enemy. Okay, and so once you know where they're coming from, you're much better equipped to deal with them. Okay, so we notice a lie from the enemy coming. What do we do? 
This may sound a bit simple, but we evangelists get to be simple. So here's a good answer. What can you do? You can simply stop thinking those things. Yeah, we, once, we, once we begin to identify those thoughts, they don't have control over our human will. We get to fix our attention on something else, direct our attention on something else. Okay, when I'm speaking here, it's possible for me to have thoughts about many different things at once. I can have thoughts about the teaching and the football match and the flight on Wednesday and the crusades next month. But it's not possible for me to fascinate on many things at once, to give my full attention to many things at once. Okay, so right now I'm choosing to give my full attention for this part of of life for this teaching part. Okay. In a good way, you are the author of your thought life. You're not a victim of it. In 2 Corinthians, the Bible says, in chapter 10, verse 5, it says we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Okay, so... If, if that lie comes to you and you begin to fascinate yourself on that, you begin to give your attention to that, even for three to five seconds, often those lies begin to seem like truth because it starts to kind of make sense. Have you ever looked at a movie and then there's a really, really bad guy, a villain? And he begins to give a speech about why he's doing the bad things he's doing. And five minutes into the speech you begin to think, you know, this kind of makes sense. Okay, because you're fascinating yourself on these lies. Okay, and, and, and so this is when it becomes... It begins to overshadow many other thoughts. It becomes a stronghold when we begin to fascinate ourselves on that. And at this point, it's much harder to move away from those thoughts. Okay, so the only solution that I see is to, with your human will, Direct your attention on the voice of God. On Jesus and the things of his kingdom and all that is good and lovely and pure. Okay, so if I try to describe it practic or in an understandable way, a thought comes to me about fear. And so... Ah, this is a thought that is clearly attempting to steal, kill and destroy. 
and okay at this point I'll realize this is not good for me so again like the Bible says we take it captive aha I caught you and then we make it obedient to Christ and so we fix our attention on the things and the promises of God instead the, the enemy says you, you you will live in lack you will never have enough for your family and so I make this thought obedient to Christ I bring it to his promises and so with this thought I, I, I say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not lack and I meditate myself on that promise and, and I, I, I find the promise that he will supply all my needs according to the riches of his glory. Okay, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm seeing the light of God's word and promise. And, and these lies begin to fade away in the background. Okay, so does that kind of make sense? Yeah, um... Yeah, okay, so, so we went through how we recognize the enemy's voice. It sounds like the bad stuff. Okay, and so how would we, we recognize God's voice? The voice of God sounds like the fruit of the Spirit. It sounds like love and joy and peace and hope and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness self-control these are very different things already than how the enemy speaks okay and, and the voice of God sounds like the character and the nature of God so for example the voice of God gives hope for protection from the protector it gives hope for comfort from the comforter. Okay, so he sounds like what he is, who he is. It, it sounds like hope for provision from the provider. Okay, so the thought comes, you will live in lack. Okay, a thought that is trying to steal and kill and destroy. And so we bring it to the promise of God. Say, Lord, what do you say about this? And thoughts begin to come of, of provision, of trusting God, of Him taking care of all our needs. Okay, and this sounds like the God I know from the Bible. It sounds like the provider, like the father, like the shepherd. Okay, and so, so, so I recognize, aha, this is God's voice, I can trust my life with this. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, his, his voice is loving, it's joyful, it's, it's filled with peace, it's filled with hope, his voice calls for righteousness. Now I don't want to say that 
God is always, you know, tickling our emotions in a way that we only love it and are never challenged. God also challenges us, but in love. So his voice doesn't attack you. It doesn't say, get yourself together, you ruined it, you messed up, you're finished. It's more like a call into the things of God. Son, daughter. I made you for more than this. There's a better freedom for you. Don't you see what you're doing to yourself? Let me show you a better way. Okay, so he can, he can challenge us. But do you see the difference? Yeah. Um, likewise, his voice never contradicts his written word. Paul says, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Okay, so, so the fruit of his voice is it leads us to a deeper revelation of Jesus. A deeper hunger for Jesus. Okay, if, if the fruit... So, so let's say you hear a thought that calls you to act in some way. If the fruit of that action is Jesus being revealed, then... You can almost always say the root of that voice was God. Because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. His voice often asks us to take a risk. He wants us to live lives of faith. Uh, Following him requires faith. And faith, a lot of the times, looks like risk. <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that this voice asks you to step out of your comfort zone into something godly and great is almost always a sign to me that it's God's voice. I don't... Okay, because he wants us to live by faith. I don't really remember the last time God called me to do something possible. Or something that I knew how to do. What would be the fun in that? He, he wants us to step into full trust in him where, where he gets to reveal himself through weak and inadequate people. Okay, a lot of the times we speak in the Christian world about being led by peace. About recognizing God's voice by peace. And sometimes we think that what we mean by this is that we must have complete peace, that nothing 
challenging will happen. Ja vahel me mõtleme, et see tähendab, et me peab olema täielik rahu, et mitte midagi väljakutsuvalt ei juhtu. So, a, a few weeks ago we did a fire camp in India. I got a call from a couple of people. They said we feel like the Lord is calling us to come. But they were a bit uncertain about India. They had never left Europe. The, it, it was concerning to them a bit. And they asked me, do I need to have full peace in order to know that God is calling me to come? And I said, you don't need to have full peace in the idea that nothing or, or that everything will go perfectly every moment. But the peace that we're talking about is the kind of peace that says, this feels right. This feels like God is calling me into this. Yeah, yeah, and the peace that we have is the peace that even if everything goes wrong, we've still followed God. Okay, so yeah, so you see the different kinds of peace. Yeah, yeah, the kind of peace that says uh, it feels right. It, it feels like I'm hearing his voice and, and taking this action would be an act of obedience. Okay, okay, so the enemy's voice, all the bad stuff. God's voice, all the good stuff. Okay, how about our own voice? Our own thoughts. Okay, you might be saying, Matthias... I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a killer. You know, my thoughts aren't that evil. How do I differentiate between my voice and his voice? Okay, again, I have the privilege of getting to be simple. So here's here's my view. And the one that I can say from experience works. You have to give yourself over into a season of learning. You, you have to commit to stepping out and taking risk and discovering this for yourself. Yeah, to make a commitment of, of that Childlike faith that says, it feels like it could be God. Let's try. Okay, and so as we're learning to walk, we become stronger, our balance gets better, we become mature. It means that we might make some mistakes sometimes, and it's okay. You know, we might take a step sideways but, but we have we get to have good full trust in the good shepherd that will direct us back I told you stories about how I heard God's voice and it was a hundred percent bullseye but there were also times where I'd be in prayer and I'd, I'd hear the word let's say a street name 
and I'd go and nothing would be there. Okay, and so then I'd learn again to differentiate a bit. Okay, um, yeah, it's here's what I say to young people overall. It's good to be friends with mistakes. Being a friend of mistakes will help you a lot more than being afraid of mistakes. If you're afraid of mistakes, you never do anything. If you're a friend of mistakes, you say, okay, let's try. And if it goes a bit wrong, I've learned something new and it's good for me. Now I get to live my whole life without making that same mistake again. Okay, it's like learning a new language. A lot of you in Estonia speak many languages. Okay, so when you're learning a new language, you have to try things constantly. And you pronounce something constantly. And constantly it goes wrong for some time. Okay, so I'm saying something slightly wrong now. Yeah, so it's it's slightly wrong, I'm trying. Okay, but if all week I would say and I'm looking at your face to see if, if it hits bullseye or if it goes off. I'm, I'm learning constantly. By, by the way, the world reacts when I say these words. Okay, so if, if one week I, I learn to say one sentence, by the end of the week, you would already understand me a bit. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, a lot of the times we want to start something and go from zero to 200 in one day. But again, we, we, it's a walk of faith. It's a life we live. Yeah. Uh, so, again, so if you simply decide to, to begin to speak with the Lord more, ask Him questions, bounce the ball to Him, and then step out boldly to try, this is the way you will learn. Um, yeah, we, we begin to walk in the spirit in the same way we begin to walk in the flesh. Yeah, we hear him. We step out. Sometimes we fall. And, and, and he picks us back up. And he says, let's try again. And it's exciting. Okay, um... Yeah, and, and, and we become more familiar with his voice. When you and I first met, 
you wouldn't have known who I am by hearing my voice. But at the end of the week, if I called you on the phone from an unknown number, you would say, Matthias, how did you get my number? Because you would already know me by just my voice. Okay, because we'll have spent that enough time with each other that you'd recognize me from my voice. Okay, so, so this is how it often goes with the voice of God. Okay, quickly. Um, in what ways does he speak? We've already gone through some. I, I still believe that the main way God speaks to us is through his written word. By his living spirit. Okay, so when we read the word of God, the Holy Spirit will often begin to highlight a certain verse or sentence to us. Okay, so something jumps out at me. And so at this point, I can bounce the ball back and say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Okay, and so often he'll highlight a memory or a situation in my life that he's trying to speak to. Uh, through that verse. So you're reading a sermon of Jesus. Normally you would just read through it. But now something jumps out of you, out, out to you, when he speaks about forgiving your enemies. And it begins to catch your attention. You bounce the ball back. Jesus, what are you trying to say? And he shows you that friend at work who said something bad to you and you've been bitter towards them and you need to forgive. Okay, so that's a common way. Also through, of course, just studying scripture and seeing what it says. Another common way is just a, a kind of impression, a kind of whisper in your spirit. A hunch, kind of like a, like a hook is reeling you in. So, so a thought, go and pray for that person. Or in your business, you should call that client and ask him for a deal. Yeah, oftentimes he, he's in the whisper. And when we still our hearts to hear him, this is when we can hear him most clearly. Yeah, um, he speaks through feelings, emotions. Again, not all feelings are from the Lord, but, but some are, and of course. And, and so often he leads by peace or, or with hope or with joy. God didn't just give us feelings for our horizontal human relationships for, for our human relationships in, in, yeah, in the, yeah, but for our relationship with God also. 
Okay, every relationship that we have in the human experience is there so that it can reveal to us how we get to relate to God. So for example, our relationships with a father, an earthly father, is intended to, to reveal to us how we get to relate to our heavenly father. Not always our our fathers are good at making that real, but that's how it's intended. Our relationship with our brother is intended to reveal how we get to relate to our big brother, our older brother Jesus. Okay, our relationship with a spouse, with, with a yeah, yeah, with a spouse is intended to reveal how we get to relate to Jesus as his bride. Okay, and so those emotions that are created for those relationships are also created for our relationship with God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, often he will speak through kind of pictures. Uh, for example, the nightclub. Uh, a lot of the time he speaks through imagination. Okay, so he didn't just give us our imagination so we can imagine what the skyscrapers and flying cars will look like in 2060. But he gave us an imagination so we can see his will by the eyes of faith. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of us dream dreams. And none of us dream dreams about riding a unicorn around the sun over golden rainbows. Because it's simply not possible. A lot of us dream dreams that seem to us as humans impossible but are actually very, very possible to God. So we dream dreams about uh, filling a stadium with people to hear the gospel. Or to build the most successful business in your industry. It feels impossible to you, but actually God is showing you with the eyes of faith what he can do. Okay. Any Christian in the world will admit that the enemy uses our imagination to speak to us. Okay. If it was the case that only the enemy can use our imagination to speak to us and God can't, it would mean that God created a channel into my mind that only the enemy can access. Okay, God loves to speak to us through imagination. Uh, I like to say this to the young people 
Okay. How many of you have ever had a dream in the night and you woke up wishing that you could somehow record it and watch it again on your screen? Estonians too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have a secret. I found the secret to how you can record your dreams and watch them on a screen later. You want to know the secret? You, you can sell this to as many people as you want. Okay, here's the secret. Step number one. Dream God's dreams. The dreams of God. Step two. Do what he says. Step three. Take pictures. Okay, and this way you get to watch what you used to dream about years ago. We used to dream about having rooms like this of young people and older people who just want to be equipped to preach the gospel and going out with them to preach. Yeah, we used to just dream about seeing thousands of people come to Christ in one day. Now every day in my phone I'm getting pictures from everybody we trained of how it's happening in the real world and I'm watching the dreams I saw on my screen. You like that secret? Okay, maybe one more. Okay, uh, Sometimes he likes to speak through physical sensations, feelings on the physical body. For example, I was in an airplane into a Muslim country, and next to me was a Muslim woman, and she began to preach Islam to me. And I've studied these religions, and I, I knew what to answer her things. And I knew we could debate and have conversation, and it would go for hours and probably lead to not much. So I decided to fix my attention on God. Holy Spirit, you have a way into her heart. What is it? And then I began to feel a pain on my shoulder. So I asked her, hey, do you happen to have a pain in your shoulder? She said, how did you know? Well, my God is alive and he speaks to me. And he's alive and wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? I won't touch you. Just a few seconds. And I, I, I stretched out my hand towards her. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Now test your shoulder. She tested and there's no more pain. There's power in the name of Jesus. And this woman, it, it turned out she was a well-respected teacher of Islam in that country for over 40 years. People in the airplane knew who she is. And this woman began to out loud pray in the airplane. God, show me the truth. 
I, I don't know which way to go. Okay, she was in the airplane like this. Okay, again, because of that weird pain in my shoulder and the idea, maybe it's God, I'll try. If it goes wrong, I'll just tell her, oh, I'm sorry, I had the idea that you had some pain, but uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you you will not die if it if it isn't a hundred percent bullseye. Okay, uh yeah soon we will we will we will try some of this out. A good principle for ministry. Is whatever you're teaching, lead them into it afterwards. If you're teaching on healing, make sure you go for healing. If you preach on repentance, make sure you call you give a call for repentance. Okay, but but his hearing his voice is everything. It's really where the fullness of life with God is. It's an adventure to be lived. And a friendship with Him. Okay, uh, yeah, soon, soon we will do an activation. Yeah, um, I always say that there's, there's four things that are great to have. If you want to hear his voice. You don't have to have any of these. You probably didn't when, you, when, when he called you into his kingdom. But it helps you if you have these four things. Number one. To have faith. Childlike faith. The greatest woman or man in the kingdom is the one with childlike faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, so soon we'll come to him and ask him questions. And uh, yeah, you, you get to have faith that when I come to him as his child, he will answer me. Oftentimes, he'll answer very quickly. And then there will be a second voice that comes to say, oh, that's only your own thinking, that wasn't God. We remember in the parable, the enemy comes to steal the seed, which was the word of God that was sown. So oftentimes you'll ask him a question and he will answer very quickly. And then a second thought comes to try to steal that. Oh, this sounds so strange. Oh, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, it must be just you. And um, yeah, oftentimes that second voice is is not God's voice, but the first voice is. Uh, the second thing that helps you is just to make yourself fix your attention on the truth that God is a good father. If you believe that I'm bad, you wouldn't want to be listening to me. 
But if you thought I'm very good and I have very good desires for you, if you thought that, then you would want to come to me. The, the people you really appreciate, you are often drawn to and you often want to go and spend time with them. Okay, so it helps us to fix our attention again by our, by our will on the truth that he's a good father. The third thing I think is a really big one also. To know that you are in God's family because the perfect work of Jesus. You're held in this relationship through the work of Jesus, not your own work. The enemy is always building an argument against why we shouldn't be able to hear him now. Maybe because of a sin in the recent past. You can hear the Holy Spirit at any time. Because the bridge that is connecting you to his voice is not built by you, but the perfect work of Jesus. Okay, so it's not based on how righteous you've been for the past two weeks. But on the unbreakable, on the, on the unbreakable bridge that God gave on the cross of Christ. Okay, the fourth thing that is helpful to have is to simply rest and receive by faith. Okay, we, we will simply ask him some questions. And so, don't, don't ask him a question and then be very tense. There is no pressure on you. Uh, yeah, yeah, just simply receive by faith. See what he brings to your remembrance. If, if in a football match there's a penalty kick, there's a goalie and then the kicker, who is the pressure on? The pressure is not on the goalie. Nobody is really expecting them to save the ball. They are just trying to catch it. The pressure is on the kicker. Okay, so in a way the goalie gets to rest and receive. Okay, and so, so this is how we can come into it. Lord, I'll simply ask you a question. I have faith in you. You're a good father and you want to speak to me. And so I rest and receive. Okay, uh, Samuel, what do you want to do? Do you want to go straight into